when we did the book of James, we did it in three months. Six chapters, uh, sorry, five chapters, three months. And today, we are going to, dahil ginawa natin letter, epistle on the New Testament, we are now going to go back to the Old Testament and we're going to look into a biography naman, story naman ng buhay ni Moses. And since masyadong mahaba ang book na ito, uh, we'll just going to go through some stages in the life of Moses and we'll divide it in five C's, okay? Five C's in the life of Moses. So today, we're going to talk about the cradle or yung basket that uh, held Moses. That's Exodus 2, 1 to 10. We are, next Sunday, we're going to talk about the calling of Moses when he encountered a God and God commissioned him to deliver his people. September 16, we have a very special guest speaker uh, that's going to talk about the covenant, uh, yung covenant ng Panginoon as given uh, to Moses, uh, which is part of the Passover. Uh, September 23 is the climax of the, in the life of Moses, which is the crossing of the Red Sea. That's Exodus 14. And then we will jump into Exodus chapter 33, which is going to, to talk about yung final conversation sa buhay ni Moses with God. And that's the time when Moses said, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. So it's going to be an exciting uh, month. We are going to tackle the life of Moses. But today... Since we're talking about the life of Moses, you know me, I, I like to use uh, uh, movies as an illustration. Uh, there are two ma- big Hollywood productions about Moses. So, yung, yung first is The Ten Commandments, starring... Yan, nagkakaalaman ng edad. <laughs> si Charlton Heston. <laughs> so, Ten Commandments, guess how long this movie was. 10 hours kung ano, kung pinanood mo sa channel 2. <laughs> Kasi hinati-hati niya. It's actually 4 hours. 4 hours of a movie. Alright? So, this was maybe 1950s, 1960s, something like that. So, it's a it's an Academy Award winning uh, classic. But then, my recent na movie starring Batman himself, Christian Bale, uh, Exodus, Gods, and Kings. This was actually sort of a controversial movie, right? Meron mga controversy about this movie, how God was portrayed, how it was shown that Moses was talking to himself, something like that. So it was not received well, but again, you know, this is a, this is a Hollywood movie. But me thinking about um, a story on Moses, I think my favorite would be the animated <laughs> the animated version prince of egypt right how many of you ito yung favorite nyo <laughs> bakit yung favorite ito <laughs> huh mas accurate you know i'll give you one reason later on bakit ko gusto yung yung film na ito when you watch the movie which is by the way available on netflix uh, so you can watch it tonight the movie starts with this Disclaimer, the motion picture you are about to see is an adaptation of the Exodus story. While an artistic and historical license 
has been taken, meaning meron silang mga konting change, we believe that this film is true to the essence, values, and integrity of the story that is a cornerstone of faith for millions of people. Imagine this is a, an animated movie and they're doing this disclaimer already. The biblical story of Moses can be found in the book of Exodus. I like this movie because it points us, you know, just go back to the scripture and see, you know, the, the beautiful story in the life of uh, Moses. So we always see Moses as that guy, Charleston Heston or Christian Bale, someone, you know, very strong. But it's very rare for us to look at Moses as a baby. So today we are going to look at that story when Jesus, uh, when Moses is still a baby, and ito yung isang example of you know a basket that can carry a baby. What can we learn from the birth of Moses? Meron ba tayong matututunan sa kapanganakan ni Moses? So please turn your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter two. 1 to 10. Exodus chapter 2, 1 to 10. Let me read. Exodus 2, 1 to 10. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When he could hide him no longer, she took him for from for, for him a basket made of bulrushes and dubbed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in, in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. His sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. She opened it and saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? The Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of water. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So, ano nga bang matututunan natin dun sa birth narrative ni Moses? You know, we need to pay attention to this because birth narratives of certain people in the Bible are very rare. And for Moses to have one, alam na natin na big deal si Moses, for him to have one, we need to look at it and maybe we can learn something out of it. So, let me just share with you three things that we can learn from this. And I hope that we will see how God is able to rescue us when we are in need of help. God is able to rescue us when we are in need of help. How does He do that? 
First, God can turn evil into good to rescue His people. Meron siyang kakayanan to turn things around in your life. Meron siyang ability na kahit ano pa ang nangyayari sa mundo mo, sa buhay mo, He can turn things around. Look at the story. We skip chapter 1 because we are looking at the birth of Moses, pero it gives us a good context of what is happening at that time. Okay, ito yung sa chapter 1. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt. So, merong, merong bagong hari ang Egypt. Ano yung description sa kanya? This king did not know... Sino ba si Joseph? Who is this Joseph? This is not Joseph the carpenter, okay? This is not the Joseph New Testament. This is Joseph the dreamer. Yan. Siya ang may sala. Siya ang person why the Hebrews are in Egypt. Okay? He is the, the guy kaya maraming Israelites in Egypt at that time. So, there's this new king and this king said, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them. Okay? Bakit? Ano ang takot nung king? Kasi, dadami sila. Dadami sila. At kapag merong gera, kapag nagkaroon ng gera at mas marami sila, sasama sila dun sa mga kaaway natin. Kapag sumama sila dun sa mga kaaway natin, yari tayo. So, ganitong gawin natin. Pahirapan natin sila. Hopefully, kapag nahirapan sila, medyo mabawasan yung number. Hopefully, kapag, you know, medyo we deal shrewdly with them, afflict them with heavy burdens, enslave them, hopefully, they will reduce in number. Well, guess what? Verse 12 says, The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. The more they were oppressed, the more they spread abroad. No kayong nangyayari nun, no? nahihirapan na, dumadami pa rin. So hindi nag-work yung ginagawa nung new king of Egypt. So pinahirapan pa lalo. Verse 13 says, So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Hindi lang, hindi lang, they did not just deal shrewdly with them, they made the Israelites slaves. Here's even further. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, okay, the Hebrew midwives, ito yung pangalan, Shipra and Pua. When you serve as midwives to the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stool, kapag lalaki, patayin mo. Kapag lalaki, ang lumabas na anak, patayin mo. Kapag babae, okay lang. Anong ginawa ng mga midwives? This is a very crucial statement. There's this powerful king who made a decree. If there's a, a son, kill them. But they fear God even more. They feared God more than they feared the king. So, because of their fear of God, they did not, they disobeyed a direct order from the king. 
and let the male children live. Ano ibig sabihin nun? So patuloy pang nagmumultiply yung Israelites. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. Hindi lang dumami, lumakas pa. And because the midwives feared God, He gave them families. So na-bless pati yung, yung mga midwives. And here's, and here's you know, something really, really horrendous. The Pharaoh commanded all his people, everyone, that's, it says, every son that is born to the Hebrews, itapon nyo sa ilog. Every son, every Hebrew son, throw them into the Nile. But you shall let every daughter live. If you were living at that time, how would you feel? If you were a Hebrew mother, how would you feel? If you were a Hebrew father, how would you feel? It was a difficult time. It was a time of evil. You know, if, if slavery was happening around you, genocide is happening in your town, would you be confident to raise a family? Would you be confident to raise a family? You know, there's a new generation now that's more and more afraid to have families. New couples now, there's a study, new couples now are less and less excited to have children. Ang sasabihin nila, bakit ako magkakaroon ng anak? Eh, ang taas na nga ng galunggong eh. Yung bigas, ano, hindi maganda. Ang taas ng tuition fee. Parang ang hindi ako excited magkaroon ng anak. How can I raise a family? How can I raise children in this kind of society? And you know what? Those are valid points. Those are valid points. But look at how God can turn that evil situation into good. Our story started with a birth. From experiencing suffering, our story started with this. Now a man, single man, from the house of Levi, took a single woman, a single Levite woman, and they got married. In a time where it's very difficult, in a time where everyone says, ano nang nangyayari sa Pilipinas? Ano nangyayari sa bansa ko? They got married. They got married. And they got married, and they had a child. You know, if you know that God can turn evil into good, you, don't, you will not worry about how will you raise a family. If you know that God can turn evil into good, you should not be concerned, you know, of getting married to someone you love. So, so sa mga single guys, single guys, don't wait until you say, hindi pa ako ready to, to get married. If you've been together for nine years, baka, baka kailangan na, baka kailangan na ng konting, konting courage doon. No, so from suffering, 
God can turn that suffering into birth. And then from a river of death, remember, ang decree ng Pharaoh, lahat ng mga bata na lalaki, itapon nyo sa River Nile. So imagine niyo yung Pasig River, Pasig River, punong-puno ng patay na bata. Punong-puno ng patay na bata. And yet, in our story, Moses, the baby, was in the river. From a river of death, the river became a place where Moses was spared from that suffering. God can turn what is evil into something good. What else? From helplessness to honor. Remember, nung pinanganak si Moses, tinago siya nung nanay niya for three months. Pero dahil hindi na kayang itago, kasi makikita na yung bata, eh, di ba? Masyado ng... You know, uh, malaki na siya, maririnig na paano umiyak, uh, alam nila na may baby dun sa bahay na yon. Ang ginawa nung nanay ay ilagay siya sa ilog. Mommies, mothers, just imagine if you're the mother of Moses, how, how helpless would you feel to let go of your child into a river? How would you feel letting go of your your son, into a river. And sasabihin mo lang, Lord, in, pag iniwan ko ito sa bahay namin, mamamatay itong bata na to. I would rather let the river take him. And you, you know what? God turned that around. How? The same woman who gave birth to Moses nursed him. Look at this, verse 9. Pharaoh's daughter, nakita si Moses nung Pharaoh's daughter at sabi nung kapatid ni Moses, gusto niyo maghanap ako ng, ng nurse na pwedeng tumulong sa inyo to nurse this baby? Sabi nung, nung daughter ng Pharaoh, sige, hanap ka. So, kinuha na yung nanay mismo ni Moses. Sabi nung Pharaoh, okay, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. Babayaran ka to take care of your child. How amazing is that? Nandito ba si Ate Eva? Ate Eva, four children, four children, all male. We always say that being a a uh, uh, stay-home mom is the hardest job in the world and yet they don't get paid. And here you are in our story that says, take care of your own child, I will pay you. How would you love that, moms? Sino may gusto You will take care of your, your child, your children, and you get paid for it. Hindi lang allowance from the husband. Hindi lang allowance from, you know, wherever. But you get paid to take care of your own child. So God can turn that point of helplessness in your life into an honor. And you know what? There's even further blessing here. Remember, Pharaoh made that decree to kill all the Hebrew children. It was a sign of cruelty. You know, who, who, 
could be so cruel like that na isang bata itatapon sa ilog. But you know what? In the same family showed compassion. Verse 5 says, Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down, bathed at the river, nakita niya yung bata, she opened it, and she saw the child. And behold, the baby was, the baby was, you know, sa Prince of Egypt na movie, the baby was smiling. <laughs> but you know, in, 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 in the, the scripture, the baby was crying. I could just imagine, that's understandable. Iniwan ka sa ilog. The baby was crying and look at how the Pharaoh's daughter responded. She took pity on him. Pharaoh cruelly declared to kill all Hebrew children, Hebrew male children. And yet, here's his daughter taking pity on an Hebrew child. Taking pity on a baby that is meant to be on a river Nile, dead. So God can turn cruelty into compassion. So from suffering to birth, to a river of death, into a river of rescue, from hopelessness to you know, a reunion with bonus, from cruelty to compassion. That's how God can turn evil into good to rescue His people. You know, napaka, as you look at the story of, of Moses in, in Exodus, napaka-ironic that the deliverer of Israel was safe inside the home of the oppressor. The deliverer of the people of Israel is inside the palace. He is there and he is safe. And that's, God, that's how God can turn what is evil in your life into something good. Look at these verses that sometimes, you know, we, we, we quote. Genesis 50.20, ang nagsabi nito si Joseph. Joseph the dreamer. Nakaranas siya ng harm sa kanyang family. Nakaranas siya ng hardship. Ito yung sabi niya. You intended harm, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done saving many lives. And even in the New Testament, Romans 8.28 says, and we know, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Brothers and sisters, do you feel the evil in your life today? Are you one of those people who says, when you hear the news of you know, teenagers killing teenagers, of movements in the government that you don't like, and your first statement is to say, ano bang nangyayari sa bansa ko? No, it's important for us to acknowledge that concern, to acknowledge the evil in our lives, to acknowledge the evil that we experience, but beyond acknowledging the evil in our lives, let's also acknowledge that God can turn that evil into good. To rescue you, to work things for you, for your good. So that's the first lesson that we can learn from the cradle of Moses. Second, 
that also God can use the powerless to rescue His people. Pwede siyang gumamit ng mga bagay o tao na sa palagay natin hindi kagamit-gamit para i-rescue ang kanyang mga hinirang. Look at this. In verse 4 of Exodus 2, we see certain people. We see certain people. Sino-sino yun? Sister ni Moses, yung mga young women with the Pharaoh's daughter, there's a servant woman, and then the mom of Moses. Look at that. Notice how women are well represented in our story. They are well represented in our story. Hindi lang yun. Hindi lang sila represented. They are driving the story. Dalawa lang ang lalaki sa story na ito. Yung tatay ni Moses at saka si Moses. Anong ginawa nila? Si Moses wala. Yung tatay nagdonate ng ano, ng seed. But the driver in our story, the driver in our story are women. Women power, right? The driver in our story are women. Look at this. The mother of Moses did something. He hid the she hid the baby. Moses' sister followed the basket and spoke to Pharaoh's daughter. The midwives in chapter 1, we said, disobeyed a direct order from the king. The servants of Pharaoh's daughter took the basket and even Pharaoh's daughter rescued, draw out Moses from the river. You know, I'm saying that God can use the powerless to rescue His people. I'm not saying women are powerless. I'm just saying in this particular culture, yung mga kababaihan, wala silang influence over anything. They are not necessarily powerful in that culture. And yet here they are, they are driving the story, ensuring the safety of the one who's going to grow up to be a big deal. So, ladies, you know, yes, the Bible, the, the Bible does have stories that indicate, you know, a male-dominated culture, but it does not say, it does not prescribe that women have no place in the kingdom of God. Okay? On the contrary, ang mga kababaihan po, they are given value, just like what we see in this story. Women have value, just like how they are driving this story. So, you know, my, my practical suggestion to us as a church, you know, we need to celebrate and appreciate the value of women in our church. So, thank you, G Group, for, for being part of, uh, of our community, for serving us, helping us. But we also need to fulfill our respective roles. Men need to be men. Women need to be women. And later I will mention another lady in the Bible who changed you know, the course of his, Israel's history. So 
God can use the powerless even in that time, uh, specifically the women, to rescue his people. Okay? But there's another thing here in our story, not necessarily you know, a, a person, but a character in the story. And that's the basket. God can use even this fragile basket to rescue his people. Just consider for a moment how this reed basket is susceptible to danger. Alright? Hindi to kayak. This is not a kayak. This is not a you know, reinforced boat. Just consider how this is susceptible to any danger. One, pwedeng lumubog. Right? Pwedeng lumubog. Pwedeng yung yung basket ay tumaob, malaglag yung laman. O kaya, paano kung may dumaan na bangka, makita yung basket? Alright? Consider how fragile not only the material, the basket, but also the cargo. Ano ang laman ng basket? Baby. Can a baby protect himself? Can a baby swim, maybe? <laughs> there are babies who can swim, but you know what? The danger of, of a baby inside this material, the baby could drown. The baby could suffocate. You know, the baby could be, sabi natin, umiiyak yung bata, di ba? The baby could be heard crying by Egyptians and say, Teka, bakit mayroong batang umiiyak dun? Tapon natin. Those are powerless materials, but God used that material. God used the basket. God used what's inside the basket to rescue His people. Here's what Apostle Paul says in the subject, 1 Corinthians 1.26. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Here's another you know, more famous verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. So Paul was experiencing a thorn in the flesh. Ito ang sagot sa kanya ni Lord. He said to me, and the Lord is saying this, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The power of Christ may rest upon me. And here's one more, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 
But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to you and me. The power belongs to God and not to you and me. You know, Apostle Paul talks about this issue a lot in the same place. In Corinthians. Bakit kaya? Bakit kaya? Maybe, you know, the Corinthian church, the, the people there, are, you know, struggling with the issue of power, fame, wisdom, achievement. Similar to what we have now. Similar to our society, maybe. Let me tell you something, and this is very important. Let me tell you something. God is not impressed with our resumes. God is not impressed with our achievements. God is not impressed with our accomplishments. Instead, God is looking for jars made of clay. Fragile, ordinary people, maybe unimpressive, but jars of clay that's yielded to follow God. You know what can get God's attention? An act of faith. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you want to please God, if you want to get God's attention, take a step of faith. You know, if, if I was maybe 14, 15 years old and you tell me, uh, you know, Pastor Abbott, you will, be, you, know, you will be used by God in the worship ministry. You'll be used by God in the worship ministry. You know my response to you? You're kidding me. <laughs> You're kidding me. You know why? In my family, wala pong musically inclined. So none of my, um, I'm the youngest of eight. Eight po kami magkakapatid. None of my brothers or sisters know how to play any instrument. Okay. None. I learned to play the guitar out of peer pressure because my friends know how to play the guitar, so I had to learn it. If not, hindi ko may impress yung mga, mga kaklasiko sa high school. I failed the music class in high school. So if you tell me that I can be used by God in the music ministry, I'd tell you, you're kidding me. God cannot use me. I failed the music class. I don't know how to play the guitar. I don't know how to sing. I did not come from a family that's talented with, with musical gifts and everything. But you know what? God can use the powerless for His glory. You think you cannot pray really well? God can use you. You think you're so messed up? God can use you. You think your grades are so bad, you cannot be a good testimony, God can use you. You think your background, your messed up life disqualifies you to be a good servant of the Lord, think again, brothers and sisters. Because if that is the qualification, I will step down. 
if you feel powerless, if you feel that you are not good enough, God can use you. You know why? Because he's just looking for jars of clay. And what's important is what's inside that jars of clay. What's inside the jar of clay is a treasure. And that treasure is the message of Jesus, and that is the gospel. So let me say again, God is not impressed with our resumes or achievements or accomplishments. Instead, He is looking for people who, make, who will take that step of faith. So God can use the powerless to rescue His people. So again, let me, let me help you let me try to push you to imagine Moses as a baby. Because we always imagine Moses as Christian Bale, Shelton Heston, those, those big, strong, manly guys. But our story reminds us about a helpless baby that also needed rescuing. So God not only uses the powerless, He raises them up to rescue his people. So he draws them out just like he will draw out the Israel, the people of Israel out of Egypt and slavery, which brings us to our third and final point. God not only uses the powerless, he raises them up as a deliverer to rescue his people. Verse 10 says, when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Two things that I'd like you to pay attention to this. Number one, the child grew older. And that's very important because children are dying left and right during that time. And this baby is being nursed by his own mother, but he grew older, safely, safely. So this child was preserved by the Lord, and he grew older. And here's one more thing. Sino ang nagpangalan kay Moses? The princess, Pharaoh's daughter, ang dahilan ng kanyang pangalan because I drew him out of the water. Did you notice from verse 1 to verse 10, no one was named except for Moses. The mother was not named. The sister was not named. Even though we know her name is Miriam. Okay. The father was not named. Even though we can find out sinon tatay ni Moses. Pharaoh's daughter was not named, even though we can find in history anong pangalan niya. Those characters, no matter how important, were not named. Only Moses was named in the story. Because only the deliverer's name is important in this passage. His name is what's important. You know, throughout the scripture, especially in the Old Testament, marami tayong makikita ng story 
one story after another of God raising up someone to be deliverer of his people. But we start with Noah, and then he called Abraham, Samuel, David, those, those you know, powerful men in the Bible. But I want to single out, I want to single out a lady. A lady in the story. Would you like that? Instead of single, uh, highlighting the men, let's focus on one lady in the scripture. God raised up to be a deliverer. And you know her name? But this one is Esther. You know, there's this book in your Bible before the book of Job, before the book of Job, named Esther, okay? So, named Esther. So, if I encourage you to read the book of Esther, it reads like a telenovela. <laughs> it's like a soap opera, <laughs> So here's the story, just a short background. How many of you know the story already? Book of Esther. Okay, alam niyo na pala, so. <laughs> Sige, short, ano lang, mabilis lang, short background. So this happened during the time of King Xerxes. Sino si King Xerxes? You remember the movie 300? Sparta, King Leonidas? You remember that guy? The same guy. Same guy. He's as guapo as that movie. <laughs> so King Xerxes, this is his time. He's reigning 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia, from Asia to Africa. At that time, Xerxes ruled his empire from his royal throne at the fortress of Susa in Persia. And this guy loves to party. This guy loves to party. You know how long the party goes on? One hundred. 80 days. That's how long the party goes on. So in one party, sabi ng mga tao, pwede bang pakita nyo sa amin si Queen Vashti? Yan. Eh, ayaw ni Queen Vashti. Ayaw magpakita ni Queen Vashti. Yung sabi ni King Xerxes, palitan na yan. <laughs> so, sorry ha, binaano ko lang, binapaigsi ko lang. So, so pinalitan ni si Queen, Queen Vashti, and there comes this Jew named Hadassah. Yung kanyang uh, person name is Esther. How many of you know, ano yung Esther? Meaning ng Esther? Star. Star. Esther. Esther. Hindi <laughs> joke yun ha. I'm serious. Star. <laughs> Esther. <laughs> My joke pa yun. <laughs> so, there was a, a beauty pageant. Dahil nga vacant na yung queen position, there was a beauty pageant. And a Jew um, named Esther, na meron siyang cousin, si Mordecai, was entered into a be- that beauty pageant. Just imagine, alam niyo yung reality show, The Bachelor? Something like that. You know, people, uh, the ladies uh, are all over... Uh, each other. <laughs> the ladies are fighting for this single guy. Right? Tapos bibigyan ng rose, tapos ikaw ang pinili ko. Don't worry, hindi ako nanonood nun. <laughs> so, there's this beauty pageant of all the fair women in the, in the kingdom. Diba? Para siyang Disney movie. And then Esther was chosen 
but Esther did not mention yung kanyang nationality. And you know why later on. So in Esther chapter 2, so Esther was taken to King Xerxes and he was delighted with her. So he set the royal crown on her. Ginawa siyang queen, declared her queen instead of Queen Vashti. And there was a public holiday in her honor. While she, while she was queen, while Queen Esther was the queen of the kingdom of uh, Persia, merong decree ang king uh, because of this guy, Haman. I will not look into that. Um, so there's this decree. Okay, yung decree na ito, uh, let me read verse, verse 12. According to that, Haman commanded was written to the king's satraps and to the governors all over the provinces and to the officials of all the peoples to every province and its town script and every people in its own language. So everyone will hear this decree, this news. It was written in the name of King Ahasuerus, King Xerxes, and sealed with the king's signet ring. Anong ibig sabihin ito? Kapag ang utos ng hari, hindi nababalik. Hindi na pwedeng palitan. Hindi na pwedeng i-reverse. Okay, ano yung command? The letters were sent by Curse to all the king's provinces with instruction to destroy. To kill. Kung hindi mo pa alam, ibig sabihin nun, to annihilate all Jews, young and old, women, children, in how many days? One day. In one day, not just the children, in our story, in our story, Hebrew children lang. But in this case, they are going to annihilate everyone in one day. How horrible is that kind of decree? And so, this will happen sa meron ng date, meron ng due date. 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar. So, pinatay mo na, inubos mo na, pagkapatay sa kanila, kapag napatay mo, sa'yo na yung property. So, that's how, you know, how horrible this decree was. So, Mordecai, yung pinsa ni Esther, learned about this decree. So, he went to Esther and said, hey, you need, to do, you need to do something about this. You need to do something about this decree. So, so there was a conversation between Mordecai and Esther. And this is a very important statement that Mordecai said to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, Deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. Even if you keep quiet, someone will deliver us. Someone will deliver us, maybe not you. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows, perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Let me paraphrase this. Maybe God placed you in that position to be our deliverer. Maybe God turned things around in your life so that you can be a deliverer to rescue your people from annihilation. The whole book did not mention God. 
but we see the hand of God moving into this story. So God is in the business of raising up people to rescue his people as well. Long story short, you know, Esther was able to convince the king to save the Jews. There was a, another decree that Jews can defend themselves. Sabi natin, hindi pwede nang palitan yung utos ng hari, but they cannot be annihilated without them defending themselves. The good news is, the Jews won. Every single one of them. Now, while there are some people just like Haman, just like the king of Egypt, to plotting to eradicate God's people, God is constantly, constantly raising up people in a position of influence to preserve those who follow him. In this case, you know, he raised up Esther at such a time when Jews are going to be annihilated. Years before that, while, while Pharaoh decreed to kill all Hebrew male children, God is preserving the life of this one baby in a basket who will eventually deliver the Hebrews out of Egypt. Let's go back to this critical verse in our story. Verse 6 says, When the Pharaoh's daughter opened, she saw the child in that basket. The baby was crying. She took pity on him. And she said this, This is the one of the Hebrews' children. How did the Pharaoh's daughter know? Bakit kaya niya alam? Maybe some features, right? We don't know. But why is this important? Why is this important for the Pharaoh's daughter to say, this one is a Hebrew? When the Hebrews needed a rescue at that time, God raised a Hebrew to save them. In the time of King Xerxes, when the people, when the Jews needed a rescue, God raised up a Jew to spare them from annihilation. And because humanity needed the ultimate rescue, God not only raised a man, God himself became human. And so, you will see the parallel of the birth of Moses into another birth narrative in the New Testament. And that is the birth of Jesus. You see, in Matthew 1, 18, this is the account. Now, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Here's what the angel said, verse 21. She will bear a son, and she has a name. he has a name. You will call him Jesus, 
for he will save his people from their sin. Moses was named Moses because he, will, he was drawn out of water and he literally draw the people of Israel out of Egypt. Jesus was named Jesus for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place, uh, verse 22 says, to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. And this is what the prophet says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Meaning God with us. God raised a Hebrew to rescue Hebrew. God raised up a Jew lady to, re- to rescue the Jews from annihilation. God himself became human to rescue humanity. Emmanuel, God with us. So if there's only one lesson that you will take away you know, from the birth of Moses, because in the next Sundays we will see him as an adult already. There are significant interactions with God and with the Pharaoh. That it's this: the birth of Moses points us to the birth of our Deliverer. The birth of Moses points us to the birth of our Deliverer. You know, you, you will notice the similarity of these accounts. They were born at a time of oppression. Moses was born at a time they were oppressed by Egypt. Jesus was born at a time, you know, they were occupied by Rome. There was a plot to kill children. Remember that time when, when Herod ordered for the children to be killed? Children two years and below were ordered to be killed. The same way that we see in our story and the baby was spared from the plot. Both were saved by Egyptians. Jesus escaped going to Egypt. He escaped going to Egypt. So I'd like to end. I said, you know, I, I really I really love this movie. I, I, I prefer this movie over those two movies. Uh, Chris would like this because it was composed by Hans Zimmer, <laughs> Jung Jung, Jung Baum musical score. But, you know, the movie starts, the movie starts with a song. And sometimes, you know, the, the emotion and the, the context of a story can be sometimes communicated even further with a music and a song. So this is one of the line of that song. And I think we will play the first part uh, we'll just show you a video of that, you know, opening scene of, uh, of the movie. I, I just want to highlight this. Ito yung cry for help ng, ng Hebrews at that time. Feel the sting of the whip on my shoulder with the salt of my sweat on my bro, brow. Elohim, Adonai, can you hear your people cry? Help us now this dark hour. So we will play the video and then I'll close in, in prayer. I feel like just showing you the video is enough to drive the message. Sana pinanood na lang natin. 
But you know, that, that message of, of deliverance, the cry for help of, of the people, you know, even though we, we can understand the message of that will not be complete. It won't be complete if it doesn't point to Jesus, the ultimate de- deliverer. And so the prayer of, of God's people, the prayer of Hebrews was answered in the birth of Moses, but ultimately God answered their prayer of sending a shepherd to shepherd them in the birth of Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, are you in need of rescue today? Perhaps not like, you know, physically just like the Hebrews. Maybe you're experiencing oppression of some sort. Maybe something internally you are being oppressed by you know, what's going on with your life or maybe uncertainties or maybe slavery from something, slavery from an addiction. I hope that as we look into the birth of Moses, we are remembered that God is able. God is able to turn what is evil in your life into good. God is able to use even the weak things you think are unnecessary to rescue you. And God has already raised a deliverer for you. And that's Jesus himself. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for for such a wonderful story that brings us to how you are planning a rescue of your people. As we journey together in studying the the life of Moses in in the book of Exodus, we we thank you that we start, your plan is being revealed in the birth of a baby. But ultimately, we praise you because your plan of rescue for all humanity was revealed in the birth of Jesus. And as we are already thinking and and planning how we will celebrate Christmas as early as now, help us remember this story, that your plan for rescue started with a fragile baby. Lord, for those who are in need of rescue at this point in their lives, would you remind them that you are able to turn the evil in their lives today into something good? They may not be able to do it, but you are able to do it. Lord, would you remind them that there are things in their lives that you can use to deliver them. And Lord, would you, would you raise people who can be a cause of maybe not deliverance, but an encouragement for us, but ultimately will point to you. I pray, Lord God, that we will celebrate, we will rejoice in the God of our salvation. You are our King. And we thank you for delivering us from the bondage of sin and death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.